G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Some people think that freedom means to be free to do whatever you want to do. Well, that's not freedom, that's bondage. In fact, that's what Jesus came to save us from. He said, all we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned everyone to his own way, doing his own thing, and that's what Jesus came to save us from. True freedom is being free to do what God wants you to do. This is what you were created for. Bob Dylan brought this out in the lyrics of a song that he wrote where he said, you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. You can't just hang loose, as it were, just uh, coast in neutral. And Paul agreed, we will either serve sin or we'll serve righteousness. Real freedom does not exist outside of being one with Christ. It's like flying a kite. The kite's freedom to fly is related to the string to which it is tied. The very thing that holds the kite to its owner is what keeps it in the sky. If the string is cut, the kite will crash to the earth. The string which seems to bind it actually gives it the ability to fly. And our freedom is in being voluntarily submitted to our Master, Jesus. Jesus said, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Thanks for joining us. Phil here along with author and pastor Ken Legg. And this week we're looking at the subject of addictive behaviour. Yesterday we looked at the definition of an addiction and what makes it differ from the power of habit. Addiction, Ken told us, is characterised by bondage, life domination and destruction and described it as a compulsive or obsessive relationship to a substance, person, behaviour or thing. And I love that illustration of the kite that you had just there, Ken. Um, it was fantastic. If, if the definition of an addiction is compulsive, obsessive relationship to something or someone, what actually causes addiction? Why do we get addicted to substances or destructive behavioural patterns? It doesn't make sense that we should. Well, Phil, there's actually much debate about the causes of addiction. Uh, historically, it was thought that addiction was caused by things like lack of willpower, People just, you know, caved in easily. Mm. Or by one social upbringing, They're, you know, people that came from a, a background of poverty easily ended up in addictions of various forms, you know. Some people thought that people were just morally weak. They had no kind of um, moral desire to resist giving in to temptation. Uh, others thought that, you know, it's a form of mental illness or, mm-hmm. or that it's um, uh, a part of genetics. Yep. So if your father was an alcoholic, there's a good chance that you'll be an alcoholic and all these sort of things. In fact, maybe some or all of those things do contribute towards addictive behaviour. But I think we need to see that the causes of addiction, broadly speaking, are in two components, either physical or psychological. Okay. Um, let's look at physical first of all. I mean, it's clear that in the case of certain drugs such as methamphetamines or heroin, almost any individual who comes into contact with these will become addictive just by nature of their addictive power. And it's a physical reaction to that. Yeah. I mean, I've never actually, it's one thing that God has spared me from. Mm. I've done a lot of things, but I never got into drugs. But uh, they tell me that I only need to experiment a little time with heroin and I'll be hooked just mm. the same as anyone else. Also with alcohol. 
Now, some people can drink alcohol socially without it ever becoming a problem, mm-hmm. whereas for others, it's the start of addiction because it's not metabolized properly from the body. You know, we each have a system for this, but our systems are different, and some people, uh, they only need to drink a little bit, and it stays in the body, and uh, it becomes addictive by nature. I've heard, actually, that... Uh Indigenous Australians, Aboriginals, through their genetic makeup, generally speaking, can't, aren't able to handle alcohol in the same way that, say, European Australians are right. because of their metabolism. There you go. So it's interesting, different for different people. You mentioned how addictive by nature drugs are, like heroin. It's sad when people experiment with these things thinking they can just uh, taste and see, you know, walk away from it whenever they choose. But in actual fact, they get hooked before they even realise it. Yeah, and that's uh, a part of the deceptive character, if you like, of sin and especially certain addictive behaviour. Satan lets you believe that you can have just the amount that you want and then walk away from it. Mm. (laughs) But it doesn't work like that, does it? Before you realise it, you're hooked and it's got you. It's the master of you. You thought, you know, I'm the master of this. I can take it up. I can put it down. But actually... It's the master of you. And that's, um, that's, you know, this physical aspect, if you like, of some forms of addiction. But Phil, I think, you know, looking at the cause of addiction, I think the second uh, component that we're looking at, which is the psychological aspect of why people get addicted, is far more important and uh, more common. See, people become addicted to anything that gives them pleasure at the time mm. uh, in order to compensate for their emotional pain. Uh, people who struggle with emotional pain use their form of addiction as a means to create pleasure in their lives as a distraction. Don't we all want that though? You know, none of us likes pain. We like to be distracted away from that and escape into yeah. whatever it might be. That's right. But of course, we have to learn better ways <laughs> of, of dealing with that emotional pain. And that's the whole point of those that minister to addiction. And I think that's what we want to really consider. Uh, you know, when we're looking at the cause of addiction. Uh, emotional pain, of course, stems from not being able to express our feelings in our family of origin. Uh, when people are not encouraged to share their feelings, uh, then they go underground. Mm. They learn other ways to cope. Yeah. They find cope, coping mechanisms. We, we talk about that expression, coping mechanism, which is just, hey, I've got to have some outlet here. Uh, and they find somewhere where they get a little bit of pleasure to distract them from that emotional pain And uh, before they realize it, they keep going back there and back there and back there and they're addicted to some form of behavior or substance. Do you think people are conscious of that, though, when it becomes an addiction, you know, goes past that habitual stage? What's going through people's minds when when they're going through this process? Well, all that's going through their their minds basically is, hey, this is good. (laughs) Mm. I'm getting relief from my pain, from my problem, and this is good. In fact, what's happened is I made a discovery here. I know where to go when I'm feeling down. I know what to do. There is a way out. There's a refuge. There's a place I can run to. And it's all because they haven't learned different ways of dealing with the emotional pain and the stuff that's happening in their lives. And I guess you see that with people reaching for cigarettes or for alcohol or whatever it might be when they're going through stressful times. Yeah, you know, the alcoholic has made a discovery. Hey, when I'm depressed, I can get out of this. I can get high. All I need to do is drink. But of course... They don't stay in that state of high, that high state. They often know. crash down lower. Yeah, than where they, they crash were, down. Yeah. So, well, they've got to go back to the drug, and that's where the addiction yeah. kicks in. Um, we talked about respectable addictions. Uh, the workaholic, mm. okay, he's made a discovery too. Hey, people come up to him and say, "Hey, that's really good. Oh, you did a good job there." And he gets this warm, fuzzy feeling, and yeah. so that just inspires him to keep on working because more and more people will pat me on the back mm. and then I'll feel good. Yeah. I won't feel bad. I'll feel good about myself. I won't feel low self-esteem. I'll, I'll feel really, you know, good about myself. Actually, I must say, Ken, I really do appreciate you coming in here and, you know, working so hard, tirelessly coming back every week, you know, you feel good. 
<laughs> I feel great. <laughs> but you what are you give, suggesting, Phil? No, this nothing. Is becoming an addiction? <laughs> <laughs> you can give this up at any time, couldn't you? Okay. But please don't. <laughs> it's it, for you I do it. Oh, you. oh thanks, mate. I'm, I'm an enabler. Yeah. <laughs> it's subtle, isn't it? But very, very powerful. You know, the, the deceptive thing about all of this is that that relief doesn't ask. You know, the alcoholic you know, will have to go through the pain that comes after that, you know, the hangover. Uh, and so on. The addict has to go back again to his drug again to get the relief again, again, and often it, it means they've got to have more than they had last time. So, you know, how do you get out of it? What's the answer to it? Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Phil, because, I mean, basically, yeah, the addict has made a discovery that I can manipulate my feelings, uh, I can regulate my mood, but what he's done is he's found the wrong way to mm. do that. There's a process in which he doesn't like the pain that that road brings to him. Yeah. And so then he discovers, hey, I've taken the wrong road here. What's the right road? That's why often, I mean, I know it sounds harsh, but in the book of Romans, we read that God actually gives people up to certain things. It's not that he gives up on them, but he gives them over to certain things because sometimes we've just got to come to the end of ourselves. You know, we think this is the way to go and this is where I'll get my kicks or whatever, but it's not God's way. You know, there's a better way. And it's only when we come to the end of ourselves and, and, you know, our attempts to, to get relief the wrong way that we're then open to God's way. And that's the good news of the gospel. You know, Jesus offered us freedom and total deliverance from the power of sin. It's addictive power. And he said, if the Son shall make you free, you will be free indeed. Now, some people can get free from one form of addiction, but end up in another form of addiction. I mean, they can get free of uh, heroin, but go on a methadone program. Or they can get free of alcoholism, but become addicted to a recovery program. They've got to keep going to that. So that's why Jesus said, you know, if the Son shall make you free, you will be free indeed. We hope this discussion on addictive behaviour has been helpful for you today and we'll have more tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.